welcome to the Intuitive Vibrance Podcast, a space where we go straight to the heart of what it means to embody the fullest, most authentic expression of yourself. I am your host, Fosia Morgan, and I'm here to support you in your path to self-discovery, transformation, and liberation, empowering you to unapologetically be your most intuitively vibrant self. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Intuitive Vibrance. As always, I'm very excited to be here with you once again with a huge smile on my face. I think we're going to have a really fun and juicy conversation today. I have a a really personal story to share with you. Before we dive in, I just want to give my most heartfelt thanks and gratitude for the outpouring of love and support that I have been receiving since I launched my podcast last week. It's been really incredible, really amazing to receive your messages of support, to know that you're listening, to know that it is touching you. It's just so fun. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be able to share my heart with all of you through this platform. So Thank you for being here. Thank you for engaging with me. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all so very much. So I thought that something fun that we could explore together on this podcast is something that I like to call Fosia's subconscious lab. Um, As I said last week, I really believe that life is an experiment. It's a pressure cooker. Day in and day out, we're getting hit with situations, with experiences, with triggers that if we pay attention, if we take time to notice them, they can give us clues as to what's going on inside of us, what might be happening at the subconscious level. And this is something that I've really kind of made a game out of over the last couple of years. While it used to be stressful and painful sometimes when these things would come up, now I'm like, oh, I'm feeling stressed out. I'm feeling some internal conflict about this. I wonder what's going on with me at the subconscious level. What's so interesting, and I think that a lot of us forget this, is that our subconscious mind runs the show 95 to 99% of the time. Our conscious minds, you know, that's kind of like when we're on our best behavior or we really put our best foot forward. That's when we say our affirmations and our mantras. That's the conscious mind. The conscious mind is not in control. It's only in control one to five percent of the time. So eventually the subconscious mind is always going to win. Whatever beliefs, whatever patterns, whatever programs you're running at the subconscious level, those are going to win. That's what's going to play out in your life. That is what's going to really determine the quality of your life, the things that you're able to manifest, the the, the ability to have the kind of life that you want. Whatever you hold at the subconscious level, that's the life that you're going to experience. So imagine if We can start paying attention to these clues that we get. We're always getting them. We can start to hone in on what our core beliefs might be 
And then we can work to shift these negative patterns to clear out the limiting self-beliefs so that we can free ourselves. We can free our minds. We can free our bodies, our souls. We can feel so much more at ease in the world and we can watch. We can just sit back and relax. My eight-year-old Felix always says this. He's like, sit back and relax. And that's what we get to do. We don't have to work so hard at manifesting the kind of life that we want. Yes, it does take some work. It takes some work to really look inside, you know, to dig deep, to say what is really going on with me, to really face ourselves. And that's something that I've had to do, and but I've wanted to do it over the last couple of years. And the more that I do it, the better I feel, the more at ease I feel, the more peaceful I feel on the inside. And life is so much easier. So I get to sit back and relax and watch as all of these new beliefs, these healthy beliefs that I hold at the subconscious level play out in my life. I don't have to chase the dream. I just get to live the dream. So What I'm really hoping is that by sharing my stories and my experiences with you with honesty and transparency, that you'll start to see how you too can make changes, these powerful shifts, and then manifest the kind of life that you want. And this desire on my part to share my story, to share my experiences, this is actually a very strong energy that I have in my human design chart. I have channel 1333. It's the channel of the prodigal. It goes from the throat to the identity center. And it's all about deeply integrating and assimilating everything that has happened in my life, everything that I have witnessed. So in my own life and in the lives of others, and then really honing in on what is important to share, kind of discern, going through a, a process of discernment to see what would be valuable to the collective, and then turning these experiences and this knowledge into wisdom that can guide others. And I do it through storytelling. So I feel like this podcast really is a manifestation of that energy, and it really feels so fulfilling on the deepest level. So that being said, let's dive into the story. I have a a very personal story to share with you today about something that was going on with me a few weeks ago. It just was a situation. It wasn't anything profound, um, nothing out of the ordinary, but it really gave me an opportunity to look at myself, to look at some blocks that I had that became so apparent through the course of an afternoon. It was a few weeks ago, and I was not feeling well. I was a little bit under the weather, just feeling a little run down. Um, I didn't have clients that day, which was lucky. Sometimes the universe really, or often, the universe really provides for me in that way. And then I started my period. So I was run down, and then I had cramps. And sometimes when my period starts, I also get this influx of hormones. You know, it's like the period starts to flow and then the emotions and the hormones start to flow. And I just was not feeling my best. 
my boyfriend, Alika, had texted me in the morning and said, you know, how are you doing today? And I didn't want to say anything, but I also couldn't help it. And I said, actually, I'm feeling kind of sad and lonely and bored. I'm just not feeling that great. And he said, okay, well, um, I have a meeting this morning, but I can come over later if you'd like some company. And I was feeling like a martyr about it. And I just was thinking like, oh, I don't want to put him out and I'm not very good company and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I would love that, but only if it works for you, don't feel like you need to. And he said, no, I want to come spend time with you. I want to come see you. So he comes over and I have a meltdown and I'm feeling very emotional. I'm not in the best place and I'm feeling weird for two reasons. First of all, I'm just not feeling well. And then secondly, it was very hard for me because I felt that I was being a burden. I felt like my emotions and my meltdown was just probably not what he was wanting to deal with. And I wasn't feeling great about it. And I actually said to him, I wish that I hadn't even told you. And I wish that you weren't even here right now because I just am feeling very exposed. And he said, I understand, but you don't need to feel that way. I I want to be here. So, you know, he's so sweet and holding space for me. And I'm just, you know, kind of in my like sad period bubble. And it comes time to start thinking about needing to leave to go pick up the boys from soccer. And I just was not wanting to go, didn't want to leave the house and didn't want to drive. I just wasn't up for it. And I was kind of falling apart. And Alika said, you know, I would be happy to drive you guys. I can drive you and take you guys to soccer. And I was like, oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't even ask you to do that. And it hadn't even occurred to me. It had not even occurred to me to ask him for help. But I said, actually, I'm going to ask my friend Keala for help. He's like an uncle to my kids. He loves my kids. And he's always willing to help. So I texted Keala and I said, hey, I'm not in a good place today. Would you be willing and available to go pick up the kids from school and drive them to my house? And he said, yes, Um, what time do they need to be picked up? And do you think they would be into going for a walk with the dog before I bring them home? And I just started to spiral and I started to get annoyed and I just was feeling all this conflict on the inside. I mean, it was not easy for me to reach out to him to ask him for help because it makes me feel very vulnerable. I was feeling very vulnerable. I texted him and I said, I so appreciate you being willing to help, but I think that it's just easier if I pick them up myself. Now, you're probably wondering, how did this go from Fosia asking Keala for help with the kids to him saying, yes, I can help you, to then me instantly shutting it down? I mean, it's not very obvious. Like, there was nothing really wrong, but what was happening was that Yes, I asked for help. Yes, I took that step. But because of my underlying limiting self-beliefs, not feeling that I was worthy of, of support or that it was safe to ask for help, I sabotaged it. 
I straight up sabotaged it. And this is something that is um, very common. And so this is something too that you can look at for yourself. If you find yourself in situations where you're making things happen, you know, maybe you're um, pursuing something in your career, in a relationship, whatever it is, and you get to a certain point, but then at some point, it always seems to fall apart. Something happens that gets in the way. You may want to examine whether or not you might be sabotaging your efforts. And so then I stand up and I kind of storm into the kitchen because I'm feeling like such a martyr. I'm preparing the snacks, cutting up fruit, and Alika comes in and I was complaining. I just was like, "Ugh, I hate asking for help. And then, you know, whenever I ask for help, it just feels so complicated. And people try to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And it's just easier if I do everything myself. I could tell that he wanted to say something, but he also didn't want to upset me. And I said, feel free to call me out on my crap because obviously I'm full of it right now. So I was in it. I was feeling like a martyr, feeling really down, but also fully recognizing that I had some blocks and that um, something was going on. And he said, you know, you can't control how other people are going to react. You can't expect everyone to react or respond perfectly according to how you want it to be. And I said, yeah, I know you're right, but it just feels so complicated and it just feels like it would be easier to do it myself. And what was going on inside of me is that I felt like I was putting out my friend Keala and that I was putting out my kids because I knew that my kids would be starving after school, that they always want like, you know, a ton of snacks and that they wouldn't be into going for a walk with the dog before coming home. And obviously their kids, they could deal. All of it would have been fine, but I just was feeling very stressed out about it and worked up about it. So, you know, Alika was standing there and he said, why don't you let me help you? I can drive you guys. And I had to dig deep for this one. So Alika and I had been dating for six months at this point. We're in a deeply committed relationship, but he hadn't met my kids yet. And it wasn't for any good reason. It's just because the opportunity hadn't come up yet. So I said, no, I, I just, I couldn't do that to you. You'd have to drive us all the way to, you know, to get the boys, go to soccer with us, stay with us at soccer, and then drive us back home. And he said, I don't mind. It would be a pleasure to help you. Please let me help you. And so I said, okay, I will. And I said, let me text Ben and make sure it's okay with him because we have an agreement that we would not introduce our kids to anyone that we're dating without first clearing it with the other one. So I texted him and I said, hey, I'm not feeling that great. Would it be okay with you if Alika drove me to get the boys and took us to soccer? And he wrote back right away and he said, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. And Ben hasn't met Alika either, but he trusts me and he trusts my judgment. So we pack up all the snacks and we're getting ready to go. And I'm feeling very panicky. I'm feeling very panicky and I almost cancel the whole thing. I almost say, you know what? Never mind. I'm just going to do it myself and I'm going to go get them and, you know, thank you, but no thank you. But I knew that I needed to get over myself and that he wanted to help. He's so genuine. He would never offer if it wasn't a genuine offer. 
So we go and we pick them up and it's great. You know, they say, hi, everybody's chill. We go to soccer. Alika drives us home. The boys think Alika is cool. But it was a stressful afternoon for me. I'll tell you that. I felt uneasy the entire time, not because of anything that anyone else was doing, but just because of my own internal narrative. I've been reflecting about this situation with Alika offering help and me not wanting to take it. And I had some realizations. I was having this internal struggle that I don't think I was even aware of at the time, but just not wanting to burden other people with my needs, not wanting to burden Ben with my needs because he was going to have to make a decision and it was really for my benefit. And I think that's what was stressing me out was that I felt like I was also somehow putting him out as well. I think the other thing that was going on was that I felt much more comfortable keeping things separate in my relationship, not wanting to bring my kids into the mix, not wanting to introduce my kids to Alika or introduce Alika to my kids because I didn't want to complicate things. I didn't want to bring someone into my children's lives unless I felt totally sure about them. And I do feel totally sure about Alika. And then also, I think that there's a huge part of me that felt that me being a mother, me having kids, me being a single mom, it had this heavy feeling of being a burden. And therefore, it just felt like if I kept things separate and I didn't involve Alika in my parenting stuff, that it would be better for him. And it's not because he doesn't like kids. It's not because he hasn't expressed interest in my kids. We both knew that he would meet them eventually. But what I realized through a conversation with my friend April, she said to me, you're a package deal, foes. That's just how it is. You're a package deal. And she's like, and you're a damn good package. And she's right. I do come as a package. And the more I think about it, the more I realize we all come as a package. We all have, I don't want to say baggage because it's not baggage. We just, you know, we have things in our lives that might feel a little bit heavy or feel like a responsibility, but it's just part of who we are. So the whole soccer thing was fine and I kind of forgot about it and it was great. And I was so happy that Alika met the boys and vice versa. It was really wonderful and I I felt really good about it. A week later, I was having a session with my business coach, Sarah, and we start talking and I'd had kind of a weird day. It was right after the full moon and I was feeling emotional, but I didn't realize that I was. And we start talking and Sarah's so amazing at holding space for me. And so, you know, we're on Zoom and I start talking about how all this stuff came up for me around asking for help and receiving help. And I start crying and all this stuff starts to come out. And I realized that I don't like to ask for help because I feel like there's always a price to pay, whether it's money or energy. And what what else came out of the conversation with Sarah is that I have this guilt. I feel, not anymore, 
but I was feeling guilty that I left a very stable and safe, secure and supportive marriage. I chose to leave. I chose to be a single mom. So other people shouldn't have to suffer or be put out or be burdened by me needing help. I chose to be a single mom. So therefore, I should do it all myself. And if I can't do it myself, then I should pay somebody to help me. Sarah said to me, I know that there are ways in which you need help, but I also want you to think about the ways in which you want help. She said, if you could have any kind of support that you wanted, what would you ask for? Support that doesn't come with a price tag, support that is just given to you freely from a place of love by others. And I said, is that a thing? And she said, yes, that's a thing, but obviously you have a block around this. And, you know, she also made a good point, which is that people want to help. People love to help. I love to help the people in my life. And when we don't accept help from others, we're robbing them, right? We're robbing them of an opportunity. We're robbing them of something that could be very fulfilling for them. And the other thing that came up was that I'm really stepping into this new phase in my life. I've gotten really busy with my wellness practice and I'm really engaged with my children. And when I'm with them, I want to be as present as possible. That doesn't leave a lot of extra time, you know, like, I mean, if you're a parent, you know how it is. And then you can imagine if you're a single parent, like those days can be very tiring and long. If you're working and taking care of the kids, commuting, going to soccer practice, making lunches, making dinner, cleaning, all these things. So I'm stepping into this phase of my life where if it's going to be sustainable and if I'm going to really, if I want to reach the heights that I'm going for, then I'm going to have to be able to receive help, to ask for help. I need support. It takes a village. It takes a village to raise children, but it also takes a village to survive and to thrive. I also have a hard time with asking people for help because I'm afraid of how they're going to react. I don't want people thinking, oh, she's such a disaster. Fosia is such a mess. She's having a really hard time. All these things. Like that's where my mind was going. And, you know, first of all, you can't control other people's reactions. And also I need to give people more credit. You know, I mean, people know that I'm, I'm a strong person, but also I can have a bad day and it doesn't mean that I'm falling apart, but I was feeling very vulnerable and exposed um, thinking about asking for help because I didn't want people to think those things about me. So this is where the subconscious reprogramming comes in. I got really triggered around asking for help, receiving help, asking for support, feeling like I was worthy and deserving of asking for help and support. The morning after my session with Sarah, I woke up and sat in my chair next to my window where I like to do my subconscious reprogramming. I use the psych case system with myself and I started to think about what I would need to believe at the subconscious level in order to allow help and support and love to just flow into my life and to feel really good about doing that. And so 
I came up with a list of statements. We call them goal statements, and you always want them to be in the first person. You want them to be simple, and you want them to be positive. And so I use a pendulum to communicate with my subconscious, and then I tested out these beliefs to see if they held strong or if they held weak. And if they hold strong, that means that I actually have that belief at the subconscious level. If they test as weak, that means that I don't hold the belief at the subconscious level. And here is a list of the statements that I tested that all came up as weak, that I did not believe these at the subconscious level. It's easy for me to receive love from others. I allow myself to receive support. It's safe for me to receive support. I allow myself to receive love from others. I am strong when I ask for help. And then also what came up was, it's safe for me to be sensitive and vulnerable in a relationship. All of those beliefs I did not hold at the subconscious level. That's pretty big. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot around receiving love, support, help, and feeling strong and safe in doing so. I went ahead and I reprogrammed all of those limiting self-beliefs. I reprogrammed those beliefs to then be strong. So everything that I read to you after reprogramming, I now hold on the subconscious level. And once we do the reprogramming, you want to take action steps to fortify those new beliefs. Because if you think about new beliefs, they're like these little baby seedlings, teeny tiny plants that need to be nurtured with the right nutrients. And old beliefs, old patterns that you hold at the subconscious level that we've had since we were very young, they're like these big, deeply rooted trees. And so even though we've cleared those out, we really need to nurture the new beliefs. So one of the things that I did, and it actually felt so easy, I texted my friend Kayala and I said, hey, do you know GarageBand? I'm starting a podcast. I have to use GarageBand, but I don't understand it. I need your help. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at me asking for help. And it doesn't feel weird. It actually feels really fun and I feel good about it. And he wrote back and he's like, yeah, I know GarageBand. How about I meet you guys at the park during soccer practice, bring your laptop and I'll show you what I know. So he did and it was great. It was so much fun. He showed me GarageBand. We got to hang out. It was a win-win. Everybody was happy. And that's the thing, too, is that he's always willing to help. So a couple days after that, I another friend came over, and she is such a beautiful friend. She's so present. And in human design, her incarnation cross, which is like your life's purpose, it's the right angle cross of service. And people with this cross of service are literally here to be in service of others. And for my friend, there's nothing that she loves more, nothing that lights her up more than helping other people. She loves it. It really is so deeply fulfilling to her. 
she also is a projector and she sees right through me. And so I can't hide anything from her. And I've been very wary about letting her in in this way because it made me feel very vulnerable. She had asked me how my week was going and I very openly shared about these struggles that I was having around being able to ask for help and receive love and support. And then I said to her, I'm going to be asking you for help. And she said, great. I love to help. I am here for that. And because I had reprogrammed that belief that it's safe for me to be sensitive and vulnerable in a relationship, that allowed me to open up to my friend and tell her about what was going on with me and to be very forthcoming and honest about it. It felt very freeing. It it felt like a sigh of relief. When you do this subconscious reprogramming and then you get to watch your new beliefs play out in real life, it's so liberating. It feels so empowering. And it's amazing. You get to see how easy life really gets to be. So not only have I been able to ask for help and receive the help with an open heart and a calm nervous system, but support and help and love have just been flowing into my life. And it's incredible to be able to observe myself in these situations and to receive it openly with gratitude and to know that I really deserve it. I feel that on a cellular level. That's new for me. And not only has my capacity to receive and to ask for help and support increased, but my capacity to give of myself to others has increased. I find myself wanting to help people, wanting to give my time, wanting to spend time with people in a way that I hadn't before. It's very magical what happens. You know, we we do this reprogramming. We think that we know exactly how it's going to play out, but we don't. And it's always tenfold. And it's such a gift. And here's the thing too. When you clear out these limiting self-beliefs, these negative thought patterns and these old programs that you hold at the subconscious level, and you replace them with healthy, positive beliefs, you change your frequency, your vibration changes, you start attracting all of the goodness into your life, and you don't even have to try. Just like Felix says, you get to sit back and relax and just watch the magic happen right in front of you. So that is my story for today. That is our first journey into Fosia's subconscious lab. This was a really big lesson for me, an important one. And I say this with so much love and kindness for myself, but it was also an opportunity to really level up, to get over myself and to really increase my capacity, my capacity to receive And consequently, my capacity to give. And it makes so much sense because if I can allow myself to receive with a full, whole heart, then my cup is full. My cup is full and then I can give so much more of myself. And I'm getting emotional just talking about it because... 
this is something that was really lacking in my life. I felt, you know, I felt very maxed out most of the time. And so this shift has been such a gift for me. Now, I understand that I am sharing very openly with you about the minute details of my process. And you might be thinking to yourself, wow, this is intense. Wow, she had a lot of limiting beliefs around love and being able to ask for and receive support and help. And here's the thing. First of all, I don't want you to feel badly for me. I'm very happy. I'm very grounded and I have a great life. Also, we all have limiting self-beliefs. I happen to be really good at recognizing mine because I've been doing this work regularly for the last couple of years and now I do it professionally. So I really have, I guess, an eye for it. And then you may be wondering, where did all of these negative beliefs come from? Where did they originate? And the short answer is that most likely they were set in stone before I was the age of seven or eight. They are most likely childhood wounds. And I say this with equanimity because it's nobody's fault. It's absolutely nobody's fault. It's just part of being human. And then we go through our lives and we can experience trauma. We can go through traumatic events that also create programs at the subconscious level. But the beautiful thing is that we have the ability to create shifts, to write a new reality for ourselves. We have so many tools at our disposal, and that's what I want to explore in these conversations. And I do want to acknowledge that trauma is real. It's a real thing, and it's very serious. And I'm not suggesting that you try to navigate trauma on your own. If you are dealing with something that is heavy, that is incredibly painful, then I highly recommend that you seek out professional help. When I'm talking about tapping into your subconscious and trying to create these shifts for yourself, I'm not talking about deep trauma. I'm talking about the stuff that we experience on an everyday basis where we see that we're holding ourselves back. And yes, of course, trauma plays a big part in this, but that's something that you would really want to get support around. I hope that by sharing my story with transparency and telling you all of the ins and outs of my process that you'll start to see how you can pay attention to what's happening in your life. Take these little clues that life is always giving to you. Pay attention to that voice inside of your head. You know, it's like one thing's happening on the outside and everything seems fine and good, but these feelings that you have on the inside, they don't really match. They don't match the situation. That's when you know that there's a disconnect. And that's when you can look inside of yourself and say, hmm, what might be happening at the subconscious level? What might, what might I be holding on to? What's holding me back? What's holding me back from really living my best life, from being so supported, from really being the full expression of myself, from really being in this world with so much ease and flow and freedom and feeling liberated? It's fun. It, it's a game. It's an experiment. And it doesn't always feel good. But, you know, we go through these hard things and then 
we have this opportunity to make a transformation. And then once we're on the other side, it's so amazing the gifts that come from this work that we did, that we did for ourselves. So if you're in this process, I commend you. I want you to know that I'm right there with you all of the time. Life is always going to throw things our way, always. But it's an opportunity. We can take it. We can either get really annoyed and we can feed into the negativity and we can blame it on others or we can take accountability for ourselves and use it as an opportunity to grow and expand and truly shine. And before I say goodbye for today, I want to leave you with a little gift. It's a quote from Marianne Williamson that my self-projected projector Bestie sent to me. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So dear listeners, I leave you with this question. How are you holding yourself back? How are you not letting yourself shine? Think of one way this week in which you could allow yourself to step more fully into who you really are. How can you show yourself some love? And in the spirit of love, support, and help, I would love to ask you to please subscribe to my podcast, rate it, and submit a review. It would really help me out so much, and it would help others to be able to find my podcast so that I can continue to share my mission and my heart with the world. I so look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Intuitive Vibrance. And until then, I am sending you all so much love.